0: Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialists Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the third in our series of video um, recordings with Axicom um, entitled Being Human in a Tech-Enabled World. And this third in the series is on learning, particularly how to onboard, mentor and take care of uh, young people um, and new joiners in the industry as we're all working in um, still in very strange Remote and uh, a best hybrid ways. So I've got three great guests today. First up, I've got Aaron Varela, who's a vice president at Axicom. Hi, Aaron. Welcome.
2: Hello, everyone. Um,
1: Hello. I've also we've also from Axicom. We've got Emily Denton and uh, Ted, who's looking very smart with the tires, is also joining us on the call. So welcome, Emily and Ted. Emily. Wow. Emily's <laughs> an account supervisor at Axicom. And finally, we've got um, Michael Cooper, executive coach, nicknamed Coop, um, who's very kindly joined us to talk about kind of the bigger picture um, uh, of how this is all playing out now in the um, in industry in general and uh, looking after our people. Um, so welcome, welcome, Coop, um, to the call.
0: Nice to be here. Thank you.
1: So let's just, I mean, the premise of, the premise of this is that you know, a lot of people are starting new jobs and haven't actually met any of their colleagues in the flesh now. That seems to be kind of normal, uh, which is if somebody had said that to you year, two years ago, I'm sure everyone would have just gone there. No, this is literally impossible to do, but there we are strange times. Uh, it's also become achievable. Um, plenty of companies are growing. There's obviously a, a massive fight for talent at the moment as we're all experiencing, but there's obviously some, some issues with this as well. Some stuff is missing in terms of our, our human contacts that we need to bring people into, into the business, um, how we make sure that they're embedded into the culture of the business, how they understand the culture of the business when they've never met their colleagues even. So there's loads of big stuff to talk about. Um, and first of all, I'd like to kick off with who thrives and who struggles with remote work. Is it dependent on your experience, your personality, your age, um, something else, a bit of everything? Um, Aaron, from your experience uh, as a senior person at uh, AXICOM. Who have you seen who copes best and who's not coped so well over the last 18 months or so?
2: Yeah, actually, I think I think that's a hard, a very hard question to answer because people's circumstances are all different and we were equally thrusted into, you know, these new ways of working. And even if you were someone who traditionally worked from home, um, you know, the pressures and the stresses of COVID and understanding... know the changing dynamic of the your agency culture and how you know this world was impacting your your staff i think was a lot for for a lot of folks to to kind of handle um you know we've all been in the process of trying to come come to terms with these new ways of working um and you know ultimately i think there are some silver linings in it uh to be honest i think there's uh there's been some opportunities where we've we've kind of broken the, the traditional mold of work and uh, it makes everyone have to rethink, you know, what their ideas of work were. What was the traditional nine to five? What does that look like? Is that a real thing anymore? Um, I think it's still something that we're all trying to navigate through. Um, but I can't necessarily say that, you know, one group or the other has, has traditionally thrived or, or has struggled through this. I, I, I think it's, it's a moment of adaptability. It's a moment of all of us to take some reflection and really rethink uh, the way things were done in the past and try to move, move forward from there.
1: Um, thanks, Aaron. And keep on a on a more general basis, the people you're coaching and working with, who are you seeing cope, has cope best, and and where are potential trouble spots, if you like?
0: It's you know, COVID is probably the biggest leadership challenge that any of us have faced, and so this, I agree with Aaron. This you know moment of adaptability that we're all going through. Um, it, traditionally, the organizations that were remote. Um, kind of all remote, are thriving really well now because they really did not have to change anything. Um, it's the folks who really are trying to figure out how do I adapt, how do I bolt on, add on the things that I would do in person via remote channels. Um, and particularly for those folks who were new to organizations, how do we really onboard them? How do we actually teach them what the culture is when we don't have the luxury of that face-to-face, the gatherings, the side conversations, those sorts of things. So um, nearly everyone who um, was in a traditional face-to-face organization um, struggled somewhat over the last 18 months to, to adapt to those sorts of things. Uh, but there are practices from, from organizations that were remote only that we can really, um, really think about. Uh, one of the, the main things I always tell my clients is, suppose you could never work in the same room again. How would you onboard? How would you think about training people about your culture? How would you think about having your one-on-ones and those sorts of things? And when you, when we get out of our mindset of, this is the way I've always done it, so I've got to adapt to, oh, wow, this is an entirely new paradigm that we're working in. That means we have to rethink some of the things we've done before. Sometimes, you know, it's as simple as changing the, changing the conversation you have in regular one-on-one in regular one-on-one check-ins, those sorts of things. Um, so it can be simple, but nearly everyone has struggled even and even, um, I have have clients who uh, raised $80 million having their best year yet. It's kind of amazing to see that some organizations are really flourishing. And part of that has to do with their market and, and specifically how they rethought their normal operations and some, particularly those that were remote, just, didn't have to make any changes, so they were in an advantage, an advantageous position.
1: Yeah, thanks, keep. I mean, it's it's very. I mean, it depends where you were at the start. A lot of this, doesn't it? Really, it's 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 different That's... from company to company, sector to sector. Emily, what's your experience been as a as a relatively young person, sort of at the start end of your your career? Because you've actually, uh, I know you've been promoted in lock in lockdown. Well done, but um, what's your experience been like?
3: For me, my experience has been very unique in that I was with Axicom for six years before this all happened. So I got a really great experience of what this company is about. So, But even as someone with that experience, you still struggled and I still miss that company culture. And I think, so it doesn't matter if you're new or a vice president or starting as an intern. I think we all really struggled during this time because PR is a really hard job to do. But what makes it worth it is the team. I've always said that you can do hard work anywhere. It's the people you're working hard for. And you miss that when you're not in office and those little conversations aren't sparked here and there. And there's not as much of that personal connection. It's all very work, work, work. And so I think that no matter your level, no matter you you as a person, we all struggled in some very unique way throughout this pandemic.
1: So, Aaron, from your experience of looking after um, lots of teams of, of all ages and sizes, what, what do you think the biggest challenges have been for young people and people entering the industry and new and joiners to business in general?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, Emily touched a little bit about it. It's, you know, really identifying and connecting and acclimating to, to agency culture. Right. We we were defined in one way and then COVID kind of completely rejiggered all of that. Um, you know, so it's been about trying to get people to feel, you know, that, that company culture. And, um, you know, we go as far as to send, send gift packages to folks at AxaCom. Um, you know, we get them set up with the latest and greatest technology thanks to our clients at Dell. Um, you know, everything from, we send them masks, branded masks for, uh, you know, for to protect themselves. And so it's trying to bring that company culture to life, you know, regardless of where where they're working. I think the other part of it, Is in the way that we define um, our office structure. We don't necessarily do that anymore by offices. It's by regionality and where we have people on the ground. And so, um, you know, we have we say we have offices, but we've got people all over all over the country. And you know, we're very good at talking about that flexibility keeping that transparency when we are talking about you know uh, uh, career growth and career development. Um, you know, the ability to, you know, have flexibility in their workday, we recognize that the construct of work is very different. And, um, you know, we have as a leadership team need to stay on top of that and be able to communicate that to anyone who's coming in uh, to the agency and recognize that, you know, these are uncharted waters that we're still navigating through. And even when we think we're getting ahead of it, we have to continue to keep our, our eye on the ball because things are ever changing. So- there's a lot of fluidity, a lot of agility in that, um, but I think the you know the key point there is is to remain transparent, over communicate, and um, let people know that this is this is what defines us, right? I had the great uh, opportunity to to help refine our purpose statement, um, and uh, you know a lot of that you know it's the we, we look to inspire uh, people by translating the impact of technology, and a lot of what people are doing now is you know we have to ground them in that belief system we have to make sure that they feel like they're a part of that and that they have um they have a stake in that and uh, that starts the moment they you know they accept that that offer letter and they come on board
1: so what specific things has Axicom been doing to um support new joiners young people progressing their career through lockdown sure. mentoring all that kind of stuff
2: yeah so i mean right off the bat um when we were thrusted into the, the new world of the pandemic era, it was making sure that our teams were safe, right? Um, and making sure people were equipped with things that they needed. We were, everyone was struggling to get masks. masks so we did a, a branded, as I mentioned, a branded AxiCon mask, which is great. Um, you know, we are in, every, every week we are sending out newsletters about, um, you know, some of the changing dynamics uh, where, our office, where our offices are on a state by state level. Um, how our cases is sort of looking, what do office reopenings look like, um, you know, every staff meeting that we're having, we are addressing sort of where we are as an agency in terms of offices reopening and and how we're kind of paying close attention to, um, you know, changing dynamics on a state-by-state level. Um, from a career pathing and a career development perspective, we rolled out Axie Academy, uh, which is really our training arm and our opportunity to continue to keep uh, our staff trained up to date, um, you know, everything from presentation training to writing training. I mean, all of this stuff was rolled out during the pandemic and has been happening in virtual form. Um, you know, we did the, the, the typical stuff that most agencies have done, like the, the, the virtual happy hours and things like that, um, which, which are always fun. But, um, you know, it, again, it's making sure that we're carving on a path for folks um, letting them know that they can trust the agency, they have resources at their disposal. We've even brought in people like Coop, uh, to put on some, uh, some sessions, his grit and resiliency, uh, uh training was, was amazing, um, for us and really helped a lot of our staff, um, sort of look inside and recognize and raise their hands and say, we're all struggling with some things here and there as we kind of deal with the world, uh, you know, in the, in the pandemic era. So... Um, there's, there's been lots of stuff that's been going on. There's more things happening on the horizon. Um, you know, even as we're looking at office reopening, um, and some of our offices have sh- have shifted and moved to new locations, other offices have been totally renovated and are, are coming back, you know, full steam ahead. It's about branding and making people feel that when they do enter that office setting again, that they feel like they are part of XCOM. Um, and so everything has been about branding our culture, you know, in this real world, uh, in this new world dynamic and, and, uh and recognizing that people have the flexibility to, you know, if they want to, they can go into the office and, if, you know, they don't want to, they can still work remotely. So we're, we're being super flexible.
1: A lot of this is obviously about communication, isn't it? Emily, as somebody who's been on the receiving end of the training, what's the reaction been like from staff to, to everything that the agency's doing?
3: It's been amazing. I just, all the support, we felt it made sure that whether it was just a PowerPoint 101 training or how to public speak on a Zoom call, um, so you communicate best with your clients, to Coop's training, to in May, we had a staff meeting where there was like a special session, and it ended up being a sheep farmer in Maine, and she walked us around the farm, and we just met all of her animals, and I think in May, it's like this collective breath of like, okay, everything's like, everything's okay, and so it's the little things, those small details of reaching out and being really transparent about going back to office and giving us the resources we need, such as Coop's training or how we can get resources that are closer to us to feel supported, whether it to be our best work at work for our clients or just in our personal lives. It's been really amazing and really incredible that most of this has happened again in the last year and a half where we've all been remote and we've all had to connect via Zoom calls and email and there hasn't been the ability to sit down in a room and collaborate as much. It's just been really, really helpful to still feel those connection points and feel like I'm still moving my career forward just because we're sitting at home in the same place every day and never leaving. We still are moving forward every single day. And that has been really important, I think, especially amongst the junior staff and those who are just beginning their careers to feel like AXICOM is so invested in their development that they will go out of their way to create opportunities and carve out time from client work, from everything else, where we can just dedicate that time to becoming better PR professionals, it's been really, really important. I think to all of us.
1: Yeah. Fantastic, um, Coop. High praise for you for <laughs> from both the Axicom team there. Tell me a bit about the uh, the coaching you do with your your clients and kind of the biggest um, pain points for them at the moment.
0: So I typically um, work with executive teams, um, usually directors and above and organizations, that sort of thing. And I've been doing that for 23 years, which is blows my mind. Um, But the biggest challenges right now is the uncertainty. So like I said earlier, leadership is the, you know, I mean, sorry, COVID is the biggest leadership challenge that most people have faced in their careers. Um, You know, everybody had back to office plans, Delta variant changed that again. Um, The next, my prediction is the next 18 months are going to have a lot of adaptability for all of us. Um, Going back into the office, trying to figure out, you know, what hours are people there when people aren't there, are there specific, you know, core hours to work. Um, It's really figuring out how we're going to be the most productive together. Um, with all of these changes and unknowns, and then the environment changing—it seems like on a on a daily or weekly basis these days. Um, so that's the biggest challenge that people are dealing with. Obviously, <clears throat> the other thing that's happened is COVID has really forced people to evaluate what's important to them, their values. A lot of people have moved. A lot of people have changed jobs. The re- Great Resignation is something that. Um, Deloitte and McKenzie and, and uh, the Sloan MIT school is, is talking about um, where in April of this year, we had 4 million people leave their jobs. Um, and they're expecting between 20 and 40% of the workforce to resign sometime this fall. And, and there's three main reasons for that. One is values have shifted Two is people just want a different kind of lifestyle than they had before. And three is um, really about inclusion and fairness. Um, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of those people are leaving because companies made statements about inclusivity and belonging, but they didn't back it up. So people are leaving the organization to say, I want to go somewhere that they actually walk their values. They, they, they do what they say they're going to do. And so all those challenges right now really have most leaders, you know, who a lot of times we're, you know, we've got our three year or five year plan. Now it's good we've got our three month plan and people, you know, that they even have to change that. So that's the major challenges that I'm seeing with most clients.
1: How do you hang on to talent in times like this? A lot of it's got to do with culture, hasn't it, Coop?
0: A lot of it has to do with culture and a lot of it has to do with how people feel. Um, and I know that, you know, we aren't trained on feelings a lot as leaders and managers, those sorts of things. But if someone doesn't feel appreciated, they're not going to stick around. And, you know, sometimes it's a conversation of, Hey, I really appreciate the work that you do. Um, but sometimes that's not enough. It's, you know, what have you done for me lately? You know, the other thing that I think employees are really starting to understand is this is an employee market right now. And there's, you know, there is a labor shortage And people are getting clear on what they want and need to feel successful, to feel appreciated. And that puts added strain and pressure on leaders and managers and and company leaders to figure out how do we, you know, how do we really take care of people? How do we make sure they feel appreciated? How do we make sure that the work they're doing, um, there's a direct line between that and what the the company stands for, uh, those sorts of things.
1: And Aaron, what's your experience of, of, you know, hanging on to to good talent at AxiCom? I know it's a challenge for everyone across the industry at the moment. What do you do do to make them feel appreciated?
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Coop Coop hit the nail on the head. Uh, From an AxiCom perspective, it's been really thinking about how do we champion all of the great wins, all of the great successes, all the hard work that everyone has been doing. Um, You know, COVID has certainly intensified this feeling of like being on all the time and being connected. Uh, we recently instituted something called recharge Fridays. It's a, it's a day off that people get to have uh, once a month where they can just, and we've, you know, we've told our clients, Hey, Oxcom is shutting down on this Friday. Everyone's going to take the day off. Um, we want to celebrate what people are doing on that day. So people are getting to spend you know extra time with family. People are going out and buying new cars, which I didn't get a chance to do um, for quite a while. And there's crazy manufacturing issues going on out there, but um. You know, the other thing is too, is recognizing the hard work on a week to week basis. So people are getting, um, spot gift cards for Amazon, um, you know, recognizing that folks are, are putting in extra work and that they're working, uh, long hours. So, um, there are moments where, you know, we are just pouring out our support for those people. We're recognizing those people every week. We have a newsletter that's sent by, by Katie, um, the head of our office to, um, uh, showcase all of the great work that we're doing uh, across our clients and recognize, you know, how, how much time and energy we're putting into that. Um, so, you know, it's, that's one part of it. Um, and again, I think the other piece of it is just making sure that people feel like they have a place here and they have a stake here. Um, we are listening. Uh, we, we, again, that transparency that communication is key and making sure that we understand um, the direction and the passions that our, our staff have and accommodating those things, right? We, we cannot, there is not no longer a place where we just throw people, not that this is thing in XCOM, but that we would throw people on a piece of business and say, hey, Here go, here's a piece of business that you have no interest in doing whatsoever. It does not align to any of your passions or your careers, your career uh, uh, wishes. Good luck. Um, we do, we take a very, very long time in understanding what are those key drivers for our uh, employees and make sure that they are Put on accounts, put on pieces of business that align to their passions, and are they're able to thrive in that, right? That they have a stake in the work that they're doing for their clients, and that they they share the belief system. So, um, you know, again, I think there's there's a lot more everyone and ourselves can be doing, but um, I think those are some some great first steps.
1: So we've talked a bit about passion and in, you know, in finding you know, knowing your employees effectively and what's gonna what what buttons to push with them. We've talked a lot about values. Um, tell me a bit about learning because that's one of, the, one of the things we want to talk about today is how do you learn on the job when you're just doing the job and not actually surrounded by colleagues and you don't have those moments of serendipity, those meetings where things suddenly slip into place, those you know chats over a coffee or whatever, not, not just soaking up the atmosphere of the office how difficult is it to overcome i mean you know i know from from our experience you know you sit down at your desk and you're just getting on with the job and 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 pr- being productive all day how is it possible at now to make sure that people especially younger people at the beginning of their careers in the first decade or so are really learning from their peers and 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 superiors and not just doing the job
2: yeah um I, I think there's a there's a couple of ways to handle that. I mean, um one is in the onboarding process, um, making sure that you you're just not bombarding people. I think traditionally, you know, you start your day, you're given a list of all the clients that you're gonna be working on, and then throughout that day, you're hey, you're welcome to this account and we're gonna you're gonna shadow this person and you know the work is all piling up and waiting for you. Um, you know, that that's just not something that um that works for anyone. Um, and having to really rethink the process in which we're we're putting people on pieces of business, and so we are doing a slow burn onboarding process, where each week they may be onboarded to one or two accounts, and then once we feel like they've gotten a good handle on that, then you get introduced to the next uh, the next piece of business or the next activity. Um, so think, thinking about that, um, you know, I think the value of technology and the use of things like Zoom and Microsoft Teams, it's enabled uh, that communication more frequently. Like it's, it's interesting because while, you know, I, I was a nine to five office, I say nine to five, but this is PR, let's be real. Um, you know, I'm in the office for X number of hours. Um, to your point, you get in, you're in that silo, you're kind of like working, you're being productive. You may have a couple of meetings with some colleagues, but you know, we work on a variety of different businesses. And so there may be some people in the office I just didn't talk to because they don't work on my work stream and we're not intersecting in that sense. Um, that can still very much be a thing in this world that we're living in. Um, but I think the walls have broken down a little more. We started a mentor program um, uh, during the pandemic and that has opened the floodgates to exposure for people that don't work on the businesses that I work on and having those dialogues and conversations with folks and making sure that they don't feel like they're stuck in the silo that they have access to other people and I think that is a great opportunity for folks to you know, bounce ideas off of folks, also see what other pieces of business they may, may work on. From a learning perspective, again, it gives them access to someone you know, at a senior level who they don't necessarily interact with on a, on a regular basis. Again, Teams, Zoom, just a constant communication. I'm being pinged regularly by, by my team with questions and things like that, that they would have you know, otherwise had to have gotten up and tapped me on the shoulder because I'm also a headphones guy. Um, and say, hey, Aaron, you mind if we talk for a second? Uh, so now it's just, it's more fluid. And I think the communication uh, channels are, are open, um, which also requires a little bit of discipline for someone like me uh, where I have to kind of schedule and structure what my day looks like so I can enable those kinds of conversations with folks.
1: Okay, sounds like you've kind of thought a lot about this and then and nailing it as far as possible. Emily, what's your experience been? How hard is it to learn on the job when you're working remotely?
3: has been incre- it can be incredibly difficult. I really appreciate that over the last year and a half, Axicom has really evolved how they do things, making a lot more investments in our training as well as in the mentorship program and how we onboard how our onboarding is completely shifting now to this slow burn where that was not how it used to be when we were all in office. So I really appreciate that Axicom is really adapting and evolving, Because again, not being able to sit next to the person and learn for them, or just come over to my computer and I'll show you what I'm going to do, or let's go into the conference room. We'll take this call together. Those are the moments, or I know what was so valuable for me when I started my career was I used to just listen to the different VPs on their phone calls. I had no clue what was going on the other side, but just hearing them and just being a sponge and sucking up their conversations and their strategy was so helpful as I evolved my career and figured out the type of PR person that I wanted to be. And so again, you lose that. And so it's been the extra investments people have had to make in things like a mentorship program, these extra added trainings that take away, you know, hours that would be invested in client work. Axcom is now investing in us personally, growing in a different way than we used to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also the leadership. I mean, it's like Aaron said, them making themselves available to us to reach out answering those pings when I'm sure all they want to do is keep headphones in on do not disturb, but setting up those extra calls, even if they're not your personal manager or part of the mentorship program, I've been able to reach out to any member of senior leadership at Axcom over the last year and a half and set up calls. And it could even be about career growth. It could be about one of my clients that I'm really struggling with. It could be about really anything. It could be work-life balance, but making ourselves available, especially to the people who are just starting. To kind of slow down and say, all right, we're going to do this step-by-step because something that you would typically be able to take on in person over a day or two of sitting next to me, let's give it a little bit more time because they're also adjusting to working from home and how their career is supposed to look when their desk is right next to their refrigerator. And there's just a little bit that you have your at-home distractions of okay, maybe I'll start a little laundry now. Um, It's just a very different environment. So we're all evolving, um, whether it be those who are learning on the job or senior leadership on how to support us. It's the adaptability, but it has been difficult. But I think it's just the investment in time, investment in reaching out and checking in on people. I think that has made everything else very manageable.
1: Thanks, Emily. And, and Coop, what's um, any kind of broader thoughts on how challenging it is to learn on the job, the advice that you give to your clients and how to enable that um, in, in their teams?
0: Yeah, I agree. It is more difficult now. And one of the things I tell people is you can make the investment now or you can make it later. Because if you don't train people properly, you're going to have the rework. You're going to have to clean up after it. You're going to have to get more feedback later, that sort of thing. So a lot of um, clients are doing just what AxiCom is doing is really making investments and making sure, particularly for new employees or people um, who are starting out in the career, um, what are the fundamentals? Because if you can learn the fundamentals, you, then you can learn the other skills on top of that. But if they don't really invest in the fundamentals now, they're really not, um, they're not setting their employees up for success and they're setting themselves up for some sort of failure in the future. So a lot of people are making those investments and I get it, it's hard to do that. It takes away from things that are probably on your plate already. Um, for some clients, they've had to um bring in trainers specifically for their new staff, because no one had um, bandwidth to do it, those sorts of things. So sometimes you have to get really creative uh, to manage that. But that's what I'm seeing, uh, particularly for folks in the communication space, is uh, they have lots of new people, lots of younger employees, but they do have to make bigger investments than they normally would during this period, because it is harder to train when someone's remote.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And do you think, Coop, from, from your experience, do you think people who've started their careers or um, are a little way into their career at the start of lockdown, say 18 months ago, do you think they're likely to have a slower career development or more accelerated just because you're we're getting through more stuff?
0: I think part of it depends on the personality. Um, some people soak it up like a sponge and, you know, kind of are kind of naturals at particular areas of the job. And some people... You know, aren't the best fits for jobs they've been hired for, those sorts of things. So part of it is personality. Um, But I do think just like um, school-age children have had delayed development over the last year because they don't have the same touch points, they don't have the same interactions, they don't have the same lessons and those sorts of things, I think we are going to see a little bit of lag with a significant portion of new employees who – you know, just didn't have the benefit of the same training, that sort of thing. And and the people who are making investments to try to close that gap, they won't have as big a lag, those sorts of things. But I think we will see, you know, a, a few or a percentage of relatively new or younger employees struggle a little bit more than they would have if they were um, face-to-face.
1: Yeah, interesting. Aaron, do you have any more thoughts on that? No, I mean,
2: I, I, I think... Um... It's, uh, it's something for us to keep a close eye on and making sure that you know, to Emily's point, that we're continuing to make those investments and keep an, keep an eye on folks, I think um, consistently pulsing folks that may be, may be struggling or, or, or having a lot more patience than than we, we probably had in the, in the past um, is going to be important. Um, but, you know, I, I think with the resources that we have at our disposal and, and again, like bringing great people in like Hoop and others, um, you know, we will get there. And I think people um, will will adapt accordingly and, and we'll be, you know, we'll be better for it.
1: And Aaron, just
2: My, have...
0: Sorry, just something to add to what Aaron said. Um, I think it's really important to look at quality of work because often You know, particularly younger employees, they don't always know that they can or they don't feel comfortable saying I'm struggling or those sorts of things. And if you can really look at the quality of work, it will give an indicator often much earlier than people will raise their hand for help to give you an indicator that, oh, we might need to intervene here. We might need to support them in different ways. We need to ask some tough questions here, those sorts of things.
1: Okay, cool. Thank you, Coop. And I'm just going to come to you all with one last question, which is. The, uh, the top tip question. So I'm going to come to you, Emily, first. What was your top tip be on how to make sure that you're carrying on learning and your teams are carrying on learning in um, a hybrid and remote working environment in this industry?
3: Um, from a junior perspective, I would just say, reach out, raise your hand, volunteer. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Um, And just, yeah, be a sponge and really just jump in where you can. The best way to learn it is to do it, make some mistakes and take feedback. So just enjoy the process of learning and being on different accounts and being thrown in different places and right into the fire and those really exciting moments where you get it right. Celebrate your wins, learn from the feedback you get um, and just never stop raising your hands.
1: Love it. Never stop raising your hands. Aaron, Your what's your top tip in making sure people are carrying on learning in lockdown?
2: Yeah, um, recognize that work is no longer a box that triangles, circles have to fit into. Um, you know, the pandemic has broken down the walls of that box and now you have to make work your own. Um, keep the things that inspire you front and center. Um, be vocal. Have Make sure that you have the openness and the transparency with your direct managers and all all levels of leadership, um, because we don't know what we don't know. Um, But it's also on, it's also on our, our shoulders to make sure we're pinging um, all staff members and and making sure that they're feeling uh, that they're getting adequate um, training, that they're getting adequate uh, resources and that they're being heard. Um, I I think it's a, it is a symbiotic relationship that we have to completely recognize and, understand that, you know, things are continuing to be fluid and we're all working through it. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the transparency part of it and making sure that they can communicate and feel an openness to uh, to the place that they work, um, that they feel like they have that because otherwise they're not going to
1: be heard. Fantastic. Thank you, Aaron. And Keep. I'm going to give you the last word. What's your top tip on making sure teams are carrying on learning effectively in lockdown?
0: I think the most important thing is, and this is everybody from the CEO or the president of the company all the way down to the most junior employee, is create your own development plan. Don't leave that to someone else. And be really honest with yourself about what you're good at. And even those things you're good at, you still need to improve. You still have to remain competitive. Um, And the things that you have a gap on or you're not as strong on, um, really create your own development plan and ask for help, ask for resources, those sorts of things, because- A lot of times the resources are there. Yes, people are busy. And I know it can seem like a burden to ask for help or ask for those resources. um, But it's in the organization's best interest and it's in your manager's best interest to make sure that your skills are up to par. And that you you remain a competitive um, person in the marketplace uh, and that AXICOM remains competitive as well. So it's really important that everyone has their own development plan. Um, And you may even want to ask your peers or your manager for feedback on that plan as well, because they may see some blind spots that you may have or some gaps that you may not be aware of.
1: Okay. So take charge of your own development, never stop raising your hands and, uh, Keep, keep moving with this very fluid situation. Who knows where we're going to be this time next year? Um, all three of you, thank you so much for joining me today for the third in our video car series of AxiCom on being human in a tech enabled world. Um, it's great to see you all. Thanks so much for your time.
0: Been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent, and easy to use VR software. Get a free demo today at notified.com.